Okay. As I said last week in the recording of of the Shear from Sef Yeshua last week, the Shear is now, during this time of the year, is being given Shabbos, Shabbos afternoon for an hour. And, um, and of course, many of the Chavra can't come. People have asked me, so I'm recording this Shear um, privately, just recording it for uh, for the Chavra. Uh, more of a Tamsis, a condensed version of the Shabbos here, so at least this way there could be a Hemshech, that whoever wants to can follow along in, uh, in the, with the Shirem, so not to lose to, so not to lose the Hemshech of what we're learning in Zephyr Yeshua. Now, last week we we left in a pretty terrible place. The beginning of Zephyr Yeshua The entrance into the world of Yeshua is Moshe Avdi Meis. Moshe Avdi Meis, we learned, is not just about the tragedy of the histalkus of our greatest leader, which itself would be horrible enough, but we learned that that the death of Moshe Rabbeinu left Am Yisrael in a completely, completely confused state. The Rashi that we saw inside at the end last week, where Rabbi Seno Darshu al Shloishas Allah from Halachish Nishtakhu Bimeya that Am Yisrael was at a loss. How are we supposed to continue in the absence of Maishu Rabbeinu? How are we supposed to know what Hashem wants of us? We no longer have that person who, who, gave us the ability to hear Anochi Hashem Kacha and Lo Yilucha. We no longer have that person that saw everything with clarity. And we knew who we were and who we are and what we have to do in this world with absolute certainty. The fact that thousands of halachas, according to this version of the uh, of the uh, of Chazal, thousands of halachas were nishtakha were, were lost, were forgotten in those days after the death of Maishu Rabbeinu. And we saw that Rashi brings down that 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 the people expected, Bnei Yisrael expected that Yeshua, that Yeshua would be able to speak to Hashem, that Yeshua would would, would go to Hashem, and that that this Torah would be would be uh, given back to him the same way that Moshe Rabbeinu received Torah from Shemaim, that Yeshua would now receive Torah from Shemaim. But that was not to be the case. Bo Yeshua Vishal, Yeshua came to ask. And Hashem told him, As we learned last week, the chefts of Torah, that reality of Torah's Moshe, that's finished. That, that has been sealed and signed forever. There's no longer going to be Torah's Moshe. Anything new cannot come down. The klal now is, is of course, that a navi that it's not possible for a navi to bring something down from Shemaim. Everything has to try to understand Torah Moshe. So we learned that this is the theme of the entire sefer. It's the beginning, like Absodic thought, that the beginning of every sefer is really the shar, is the knisa, is the way to enter into that sefer, and the shar into sefer Yeshua. The gate that leads us into Sefer Yeshua, which defines the whole essence of what 
Yeshua himself was about and what the Sefer is about is how are we to live as Am Yisrael, a people, and as Jews individually in that new reality of Moshe Avdi Meis, a world where things are not clear, where we don't remember, where we're not 100% certain. It's not clear to us what is it that God wants of us, what does he want. It's not clear. So, in terms of understanding what does this mean about Sef Yeshua, what is it that's unique about Yeshua, there's an expression that we have among Jews is that a Yid has to find an Eitzah. A Yid has to find an Eitzah. In a situation where it appears that there is no Eitzah, that we have no way to resolve the problem, no way to resolve the issue, Sefi Yeshua begins with, with Moshe Avdimais. Hashem clearly does not want us to be Messiahish, God forbid. That's not the point. This is all obviously exactly the way that Hashem wanted it and wants it. Hashem does not want us to be Messiahish. He doesn't want us to sit around the rest of our lives and the rest of history with uh, feelings of nostalgia, looking back on albums of Moshe Rabbeinu and pictures of how it used to be and how life was and what it meant to be a Jew in the past. That's clearly not the Ratzon Hashem. Now, as far as as far as what is it that Sefi Yeshua, what is it that Sefi Yeshua uh, adds or to our lives, and what is the Chiddush of Sefi Yeshua? So, the Barbanel in his Hagdama Tanakh, the Barbanel first discusses Bechlal, Bechlal, the Tachlis, the Tachlis of not just Sefi Yeshua, but Yeshua, Shoftim, Shmuel, and Melachim. And the Barbanel in his Hagdama Tanakh writes the following The Toelis Vilimudim Moilim Bidia Sahasakos. Hamitios or belimut hamidos vatchunus hamshubachos kfimashiyar usipureyim. That from these svarim, by learning the stories, by studying the stories and the svarim of the neviim rishonim, or the, these these uh, the the uh, uh, particularly Yeshua Shaltim Shmuel and Melachim, through these stories, the Abravanel says, we learn hasogis hamitios, a true understanding of. Of, of Hashem's will, and Limud Hamidus, and we learn proper Midas, and Tchunus Hamashubachas, and, and, and how we're supposed to be, what kind of people we're supposed to be in this world. And then the Barbanel, the Barbanel writes, the Tachlis Acher, there's a second Tachlis, Kalulahem, who be Yidias Yemos Olam Shnois Dovador. Yidias Yemos Olam Shnois Dovador, which means that it's very, very important. It's very important that we that we study history, that we know Jewish history, and that we understand what happened in our past, and that from there we can move forward into the future. Then the Abarbanel continues on, and he writes about Yeshua, and he says, "Vatachlus amiuchad b'sef Yeshua," and the specific tachlus of Sefi Yeshua, "Hu lahaid," is to bear testimony. Shekol ha-Yehudim ha-Elokim asher yorad ha-Kadosh Baruch hu al-Yidei ha-Ovis ha-Kadoshim Avram Yitzhak v'Yakov 
that the particular purpose that Rabbanel says of Sefi Yeshua is to bear testimony that all of the promises that Hashem has made to the others, to Avim Yisak and Yaakov, and then to Moshe Rabbeinu, regarding the conquest of the land that was chosen for us and our settling the land, that all of these promises, that all of the promises that Hashem made to the others and to Moshe Rabbeinu to tell Am Yisrael that we're going to have our own place, we're going to come to Yisrael, there's going to be, we're going to have a king, we're going to have a Besam Mikdash, we're going to be an independent, proud people in our country, and from there the light of Hashem will go forth to the world. This great promise of to, that Hashem made to the Ovis, that the Ovis heard and the Ovis dreamt about, and Moshe Benu taught Am Yisrael from the beginning, that this was the tachlis of our existence, to come to Yisrael, and to settle the land, and from there to teach the entire world about Hashem, Sef Yeshua is the fulfillment of that promise. Kulam niskaimu, the Barbanel writes, Kulam niskaimu v'yotzu l'poral lo chaser davar. That all these promises that Hashem made are confirmed as true by Sef Yeshua, which is, of course, the Sefer of conquering the land, Yeshua brought us into Israel and fought against the kings that were there, and and we began to settle the land. So the promises of Hamishay Hamshaytara are fulfilled in Sefi Yeshua. This, of course, goes back to what we were learning last week. That, in a certain way, Sefi Yeshua is almost like an addendum or the sixth book of Chamishi Chumshetar, which is why we learned that Chazal point out many connections, many similarities. Just uh, an example of what we find in the Svarim, which we'll come back to much more later on. One of the questions that's discussed in the Svarim is why is it that Yeshua uh, is called Yeshua bin Nun. The bin instead of ben we'll get to. We'll talk a lot about that in Mitzvah. What happened to the segel? Why did ben become bin? Yeshua bin Nun. But the name Nun, what does that mean? And uh, was that the name, the actual name of his father? What does it mean, Yeshua bin Nun? So the you know, the Megala Mukas brings down that that um, we know Moshe Rabbeinu was able to reach in his life 49, the 49 gates of Bina. He wasn't able to achieve the 50th, and the Pesach is brought by Chazal, v'techasreyu ma'at me'elokim. V'techasreyu ma'at, that Moshe Rabbeinu almost reached that 50th gate, but it was v'techasreyu ma'at. He reached the 49th, he couldn't come to the 50th. But the Megala Mukas teaches us and there is a Kabbalah like this, that those last moments before he died, Moshe Rabbeinu was able to reach the 50th gate of understanding, the 50th gate of Bina. 
And the Megalamukha says that at the end of his life, when that when the Amud Ha'anon, when they when the pillar of the cloud came between Moshe Rabbeinu at that moment before the cloud separated between them, which we spoke about last week, and Yeshua began to scream, he began to cry, Avi, Avi, Rechav Yisrael, Parashav, my father, my father. When Moshe Rabbeinu left him, at that last moment, Moshe Rabbeinu revealed the Shar Hanun, the 50th gate of understanding, of wisdom, to Yeshua. This is alluded to in the name Bin, which is Bina, and Nun, which is 50. The letter Nun is 50, that Yeshua was able to receive from Moshe Rabbeinu the 50th gate. So there's there's clearly a connection between Yeshua and Teres Moshe that we don't find by any of the other Swarm, besides the gap in time that we discussed last week. So the Abarbanel is explaining that Sev Yeshua contains within it the Kiyum of the Haftachis of Teres Moshe, the fulfillment of the great promise of Teres Moshe, Lahodiya Hachnosas Yisrael Le'eris V'yushasa V'chiluka. That's why he says. That's why Nichtav Sev Yeshua to proclaim the fulfillment of this promise that Am Yisrael came came to Yisrael with Yeshua and Yarshand and divided the land. Ukrahayid Yeshua bedvarvli Yisrael b'sayf Yomav al Tachlis Hazeh, and therefore we find that Yeshua himself says regarding this Tachlis, the purpose of his life. And Yeshua himself says, in Perch of Gimel, And you shall know now, with all of your hearts, and with all of your souls, that every single thing that Hashem told you, He would, He would take care of, He would do, not one thing has failed to materialize. Every single thing that was promised has been delivered, and that's those are the those are pretty much the, the you know the, coming to the conclusion of Yeshua's life when he looked back, according to the Barbanel. He's basically saying that this was the tachlis of my shlichus in the world to fulfill the promises of Moshe Rabbeinu that Hashem made to Moshe Rabbeinu to the office and Asisi, I have carried out this shlichus that I was sent to carry out in the world. It's not just a question of the promise of coming to Israel. That's not the only thing that was missing. It's not just a matter of of the fulfillment of the promise. What we learned in Rashi last week about the missing 3,000 halachas and what what would be the continuation of Amisha, how could we continue in the absence of Moshe Rabbeinu? The Abarbanel doesn't really address that. Although it's the fulfillment of the promises that were made in the past, the question of how to continue on as Jews and as Am Yisrael without this connection to Hashem that existed at the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is the last 
Nevoah of Malachi at the end of Nevoah, which we spoke about last week, Zichru Teres Moshe Avdi. Zichru Teres Moshe Avdi. Remember Teres Moshe Avdi. Clearly, clearly it's not just a matter of coming to Eretz Yisrael. There's more than that. There's more. Or what does that mean? Coming to Eretz Yisrael. We need to understand at a deeper level what it means to come to Eretz Yisrael. What's Teres Eretz Yisrael, which we've been discussing a lot over the years from Rav Kook. What is the meaning of Teres Eretz Yisrael? When Moshe Benu died, as I said before, the Chefza, that Metzius, that Metzius of Tyra was sealed. Was sealed. There's no longer any, any Navi who's allowed ever, or Tamachachim, to, to create a new Mitzvah, to create a new Chefza of Tyra. What would be now? At the beginning of Sefi Yeshua, what's going to be? What's the meaning of those words in Malachi of Zichru Tarus Moshe Avdi? How are we supposed to remember? What is that mitzvah to remember? So the Teretz is, and this we're going to see in, in the writings of the great Kohen from Lublin, Rabbi Tzadik HaKon, we're going to begin this week. The answer to that is, whereas the Chefza of Torah is completed, but it's Davka now, with the death of Moshe Rabbeinu and the completion of that object of Torah, that Metzius of Torah, that now the Jewish people can begin the magnificent project of our history, which is creating a Gavrishal Torah, creating a Jew who remembers Torah's Moshe. We're no longer going to be able to turn our ears to Shemayim and to hear a voice coming from Shemayim through Moshe Rabbeinu saying, do this and do that. From now on, we're going to have to turn with, to our hearts and to our minds. We're going to have to turn to our leaders, the Tzadikim, the Chachamim. We're going to have to turn inward. And we're going to have to hear the Dvar Hashem. As the Dvar Hashem, as the Dvar Hashem materializes, it takes shape and form in the minds and the hearts of Chachme Yisrael, in the Gavra of a Jew. The Teichen, the curriculum, the material of Torah is, hasn't changed. We hear after thousands of years as a Jewish people because we remember Torah's Moshe. The key to Sefi Yeshua and the Chiddush of Sefi Yeshua is that through Yeshua, who is that link, that connection to Teres Moshe, the Jewish people throughout time would be able to would be able to miraculously preserve Teres Moshe. Would be able to enter into the, our minds and hearts and to hear the Dvar Hashem as the Dvar Hashem is manifested through us, through His people. Not as a voice coming down from Shammai, but rather, in a way, of Moshe Kibbal Tar Misinai Umisara Yoshua. Moshe Kibbal Tar Misinai Umisara Yoshua. We don't have that by any other by any other Navi we don't have such a a, a mitzvah 
of Moshe Kibbutz Torah Misinai Umisara. The Moshe received the Torah and he gave it over. Now, many times here in the Beis Medrash, we've discussed the unique quality of that Misira. The Tzaddikim from Brisk, beginning with the Beis Alevi, all the way to his illustrious great grandson, Rabbi Yosheb Esalavechik, uh, pointed out to the um, nature, pointed out the nature of this Mesira, of Moshe Kibbal Torah Mesinai Umesara Yeshua, that he handed it, he passed it over to Yeshua. What's fascinating, they point out, is that it doesn't say Moshe Kibbal Torah Mesinai, that Moshe received the Torah from Sinai, the Lamda, and he taught it to Yeshua. It doesn't say that. It says Moshe Kibbal Torah Mesinai Umesara Yeshua. What is the nature of this Mesira? What does that mean? So we learned that we find that there are two sources. There are two sources of this Mesira that we have, going back to Moshe Rabbeinu, of how the Torah was to be transmitted, given over to Am Yisrael. There are two sources. We have the Brisa in Erevin. The Brisa tells us that the Brisa tells us, Kate says, say the Mishnah, that there was a very systematic way that Moshe Rabbeinu taught the curriculum, the Teichen, the Chomer, the material of Torah to the Jewish people. He taught it first to Aaron, and then Aaron's sons. Ultimately, it was reviewed four times along the way, and by the time B'nai Yisrael got it, there was an entire... Besamadrish that was established a reviewing the material of Taurus Moshe. That Khefza of Taurus Moshe was methodically and systematically reviewed in the system of the Seder Mishnah that the Brisa tells us in Erevin. There's another Makar that we're more familiar with perhaps, which is the beginning of Pekavis, which I mentioned a minute ago. Of Moshe Kibel Tarmisinai or Misarli Yeshua. Now the difference between the two is astonishingly clear. The greatest Talmud, the greatest disciple that Moshe Rabbeinu had was Yeshua. It's the greatest Talmud. The Torah testifies that he never left the tent. He never left Moshe Rabbeinu's side. There's no question that Yeshua was the biggest Lamdan, the biggest Talmud Chacham who is absolutely proficient in Taras Moshe. He was a Baki in that Hefza of Taras Moshe. There's no question about it. And yet, his name is missing. His name is missing from the Brisa and Aaron, which tells us the Seder Mishnah. He doesn't seem to be part of the Seder Mishnah. Now, we can't understand that, because there's no question that he was the he was the great Rosh Hashiva. He was the great Lamdan. He was the one that... that that knew Taras Moshe better than anybody. And yet, his name is missing from the Seder Mishnah in the Brisa there in Erevin. Where does his name not only appear, but is most prominent? By Moshe Kibbal Torah Messinai, Umisarul Yeshua. It doesn't say to Aaron, doesn't say to Aaron's sons. It says, Moshe Kibbal Torah Messinai, Umisarul Yeshua. So the Tzaddikim from Brisk point out that clearly, 
there are two dinim in this Masara. There are two sources of the Masara, or two ways of two ways of um, handing down Teres Moshe. The Bryce and Erevin is talking about the actual material, the curriculum. The Chomer, the lesson plans, the classes, the actual material that Torah's Moshe consists of. That's the Bryce and Erevin. And the way of Zichru Torah's Moshe is very, very scientific. That's Zichru Torah's Moshe. And we're taught the system of of teaching Torah, of giving over that material of Torah from one generation to the next, and how is it within the generation to be, how is it to be spread to the Jewish people and taught to Am Yisrael. That's the Braise in Erevin. But that's not all that Torah consists of. And if it was just having excellent teachers and wonderful lesson plans and a very, very organized curriculum, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be here today. With all of that knowledge that was imparted through the Seder Mishnah of how Torah was taught, that would not have kept us as Jews. And we'd not, we would not remember Torah's Moshe. We wouldn't be here. There wouldn't be any Jews in the world to remember Torah's Moshe. Because being a Jew is not just a matter of memorizing material and getting an A-plus on an exam, and mastering the Chomer, the Tochen of, of Yiddishkeit, the Halachas, and so on and so forth. It's infinitely more than that. It's infinitely deeper than that. There's a world that's called Moshe Kibbal Tarmisinai Umisarul Yeshua. There's no question that Yeshua knew the material. He was the greatest expert, but his but he was he was not in the Seder Mishnah because Yeshua fills another role in that connection that we have to Moshe Rabbeinu. Yeshua was going to the was going to be the embodiment of Moshe Rabbeinu. Yeshua, in a mysterious way, was going to somehow bring Moshe Rabbeinu back to life from that state of Moshe Avdi Meis. Yeshua was going to revive Teres Moshe in the minds and the hearts of the Jewish people to begin that world of Teres Shabalpah, not just of the material, but of the man himself. Not just, not just the curriculum, which is, which is a cold uh, corpus of, of knowledge, of information, but the very essence of what it means to be a Jew, of what it means to be a Jew, which is not just somebody who is knowledgeable, but who is received from Moshe Rabbeinu. That's why, that's why Rabbi Yashabir says it doesn't say Moshe Kibel Tarim Sinai Yeshua. Although Yeshua learned it all, it's something else that happened with Yeshua. The crossing over from Chamishi Chumshet Torah to Sefer Yeshua is something else. It's Moshe Kibel Tarim Sinai Umesarali Yeshua, Umesarali Yeshua. He gave over Yiddishkeit to Yeshua. He gave it over. The way that Yiddishkeit is transmitted is not just by having excellent teachers and having a board of Jewish education and there being certifications and exams and so on. That doesn't mean that you can successfully give over Yiddishkeit. There's a story that I've told a number of times here in the Bismedrish. 
was recently I saw somebody point out to me it was written up in someone's biography that they heard this from me that um, my brother-in-law he should be well my brother-in-law's father was one of the great Talmidim of the Mir Yeshiva he was a Jew that was a very 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 big Talmud Chacham and um, passed away a few years ago he was almost a hundred and a tremendous, tremendous Lamdan. A tremendous Lamdan and a very, very aristocratic aristocratic member of that elite world of the Mir Yeshiva that survived the Holocaust. He was a, a friends with all of the great and Chavrusas, all of the great Rosh Hashivas and, and so on and so forth, as the history is well known. And his name is Rabbatl Rabinowitz, Zechon Levracha. And I knew him very well. He spent the last part of his life in Eretz Yisrael and uh, the last 30 or 40 years in Eretz Yisrael and my wife and I had the schus to spend many hours with him especially when we when we lived there after our after the chasana and and um, was a fascinating person that really spoke about nothing except Torah and trying to understand Torah's Maisha and to remember Torah's Maisha and um some years, a few years before he was Nifter, he was here in New York with his Rabbitson, and my brother-in-law um, at that time was celebrating, it goes back some years, was celebrating his 40th birthday. I believe it was the 40th, maybe it was the 50th, you know, I, I don't remember. No, it was probably the, probably the 40th. And, and um, his father was in town, so the family decided to get together and to have a gathering for my brother-in-law, and my father, uh, his father, was there at the uh, at this party. He didn't really participate. He was sitting and thinking, as he always did. He was actually quite annoyed with the whole concept of a party. And I recall him saying, when he was asked to say a few words, he just said uh, about his son. He said, that, "Look, it's your birthday. What, what exactly have you accomplished that you're so proud of? What is it that you've done in your life? Why are you celebrating your life? What does this mean?" Which pretty much put an end to the party after. Uh, he spoke. That was the end. Everybody started beginning packing up and saying goodbye. And and I, I I went over to him afterwards, and we were standing there on the side. He always liked to talk to me because he was trying to understand what is Hasidus, what is what, why do we need Hasidus, what is it about? And um, and I asked him at that time. I asked him if he could tell me something that he remembers about Rabbi Yucham, the great Mashgiach of the Mir Yeshiva. Now remember, Rabbi Yucham died, I think, I'm not sure what year it was, it was probably like 1928, 29. So there were very few people who uh, one could ask, uh, uh, um, now I don't know who's left, but to ask who, would, who remembered Rabbi Yucham, not as a, as a little child, but as, a, a, as an adult. And at the time, I wanted to hear something from Rabbi Mutl regarding um, Rabbi Yucham, I love Rabbi Yucham's Swarm. I feel very connected to them. And I wanted to hear from somebody who actually received Torah from Rabbi Yucham. Tell me something about Rabbi Yucham. And Rabbi Motl looked at me with such uh, disdain. And he said, Do you, you want me to tell you Amephis? Which we would say Amephis. You want me to tell you stories about miracles? That maybe Rabbi Yucham performed some miracles that I, I, I'm not a chassid and I don't like chassidisha maisim. I'm not telling you, I don't know any maiselach. There are no maiselach from Rabbi Yucham. We never, there were no, there were no maisim, there were no miracles. So don't ask me for stories. I don't, I don't, I'm not a storyteller. 
So I said, I'm not asking you for, I'm not asking you for a mifus, for a miracle. I'm asking you to tell me something about your Rebbe, about your Rebbe Yucham. So once he, once he, uh, saw that I wasn't looking for any miracles or from, uh, from the Mashgiach, he became very, very serious and he, he took me for a walk. We went outside and, and, um, I saw that he was, he was in a storm. He was mamish. There was a ruach sa'ara that had overtaken him, and and then we're walking, and he stopped and he looked at me and he said, and he asked me, "Did you do you know how pickles are made?" And I said, "Yes, my mother. When we were children, my mother would would make pickles with the cucumbers and the special jar with the brine and the stuff and the." Uh, green stuff inside, I, I, I've seen that, I know how pickles are made. So he said, that's what happened to us. I said, what do you mean? He said, that's what happened. We were by Rabbi Rucham. all of us who were there, were, were something happened, we don't know when or how, but being in his presence and receiving the Rabbi Shalom from him, we were pickled. We don't know the same thing with a pickle like, you know, just something happened to it. It sits in a certain place, in a certain way, and it went in as a cucumber and it comes out as a pickle. We entered it into Rabbi Yucham's Dalad Amas as pickles and as cucumbers and we came out as pickles. Meaning, we just can't look at, at, at the world as we used to. Every single one of us, those of us who are close to him, we we had each other, and we could look at each other, and, and we understood that something was different about everything in our lives, and the, the way that we understood life, the way we understood Yiddishkeit. Something just was given to us by Rabbi Yucham, and we no longer are the same people. You see, Moshe Kibbal Tar it doesn't save a lambda. Yeshua, because there was something else that happened there between Moshe Rabbeinu and Yeshua. Something else happened. It's what makes Yeshua unique, and it's what makes Sefer Yeshua unique. Akedekach, that it's Kimat, the sixth book of Chumash. Something happened. Yeshua was pickled by Moshe Rabbeinu. He was in that brine, in that mix. Something different took place with Yeshua than any other Navi. Something different. So therefore Yeshua is called Ever Hashem. And we do find the Nusach of Aida Hashem El Yeshua Lehmah that's only by Moshe Rabbeinu and then by Yeshua. Something is different about Yeshua. It's not just that he was a Lamda Shiva, although he could say a fantastic Shia. That's not, and he did say Shiram, but he, his, his, purpose in existence was not to say the Mishnah, was not the Shia, was not the Lambdas, although he did that and he had that. His place in creation was to receive not just Teres Moshe, but the Gavra, not just the Chefza of Moshe Rabbeinu, but that human being of Moshe Rabbeinu. And that only because of that, and that somehow mysteriously, he handed down the wisdom of pickling to the generations, and to the leaders, and to the Chachamim, 
that we're sitting here today and that we're Jews today. It's not just a body of knowledge. There's something else. There's just something else to being a Jew. Of how that knowledge of the chefts of Teres Moshe, how that plays out in our lives, how that is heard inside the soul and the mind, the heart of a Jew, how we receive that, how we're ready to not only to live that life, but to die. To die, as we've done millions of times. To die for that truth of Teres Moshe. It's not just from a classroom. It's not just a lambdas. It's not just a shia. It's much, much deeper. The closest that I've always felt that I could get to trying to understand what happened with Yeshua, what, what was that pickling of Yeshua, is through the magnificent writings of the great coin from Lublin, Reb Tzadok, I'm going to visit Reb Tzadok's grave, his sin, with the chever of the shoes. Reb Tzadok, a coin from Lublin. Now we have a tremendous schus that not only does Reb Tzadok refer to the Indian, the sugya of Yeshua, throughout all of his writings, we have, Baruch Hashem, a lot, a lot of Torah from Reb Tzadok, even though it's only a tiny percentage of what of what there was, and it's been lost. But we have in Lukutim Mamarim, we have a, a, in the Sefer Lukutim Mamarim, we have an actual Hagdama that he wrote, the Sefer Yeshua. Now we're not going to learn the entire Hagdama, but we're going to learn a number of Seifim from this Hagdama. That's the page that you have in front of you. Lukutim Mamarim, or those of you who are listening on this, hopefully you have the Sefer Lukutim Mamarim. If not, I'm sure the Chavik can get you the page that they have, that was given to them on Shabbos, from Rabbi Tzaddik's introduction to Sefer Yehoshua. He begins with the Gemara that that sets up the entire the entire Chiddush, or sets up our way of approaching the Chiddush of Sefer Yehoshua. The Gemara is so remarkable, and a great deal has been written about it, the Gemara says, in the Dharm Davchav Bezim Bezim, Rabbi brings the Gemara, he begins in Ais Aleph, Il Molech Chotu Yisrael, if we hadn't sinned with the Egel, with the Golden Calf, Lo Nitan Lahem, Elachamishe Chum Shetara, Besefi Yehoshua Bilvad. We would have only been given the five books of Chumash and Sefi Yehoshua. That's all. Why? The Gemara says, Rabnesha Erka Shal Eretz Yisrael Hu. Because Sefer Yeshua has within it the sugya of Eretz Yisrael, the the I guess going back to the Barbanel, the fulfillment of that promise of coming to Eretz Yisrael and settling the land where we'd be able to actually live according to Torah Moshe. Shenemar kibroiv chachma roiv kaz, kibroiv chachma roiv kaz. Meaning that had we not sinned with the Egel, which would bring us back into the world of sin, which we're living with to this day, had we not fallen into that caste where we would arouse the wrath and the anger of the Creator because of our actions, we're mach is as Hashem. Had that not happened, beginning with the Chet Egel, 
then it would not have been necessary to send all of the other Nevi'im. Since the purpose of the Nevi'im they were sent here was to give us Musa, to rebuke us, to admonish us, that we're not keeping things properly, that we're sinning. So all of that Musa and all of that Tarekha would not have been necessary. Had we not f- slipped back into sin by the Egel, we wouldn't have to have all the Nevi'im coming and hacking and screaming and yelling and telling us to get, be, be good and to behave. Stop doing this. Stop doing this. You're What's the matter with you? You're not treating each other properly. You're horrible. And so on. So the Nevi'im had to bring that Rav Chachma, had to reveal so much more of that Chachma because of the Rav Kaas, because of how we were angering Hashem with our behavior. If not for that, all of the Nevi'im would have been unnecessary, and we would have only needed the Chamish Yechum and Sefi Yeshua Bilvad. So Rav Tzadik says, V'ayin Shon Baharif, V'ayin Yaakov, he's not talking about the Rif, He's talking about the rift that's the say for the rift from Rabbi Shiyahu, uh Pinto that's printed in the uh, in all the Ein Yaakovs. So he says, "Ein Shem Baharif Bein Yaakov Hiniach Bekushya." Where the rift asks a very strong question, "Amai Lei Sefer Tehillim Mishir Shir." Why, why, uh, why only Sefer Yeshua? There are other books of Nach that are not just the Nevi'im screaming and yelling because of our sins and coming to try to uh, correct our behavior. We have Sefer Tilim, we have Shir Shim. These are just examples. Mishlei also, Rapsadik brings that in a second, but Tilim is filled with beautiful Shiras and Tishbachos, beautiful, beautiful songs of David Amal's love and romance with Hashem. And Shir Shim is itself the love story of Kutchabich and Knesset Yisrael. The Lashon of the Rif is in footnote 1. Look inside there. Tamili Tuva, he asks. Sharei Shir Shim, Hem Divei Havaz HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yisrael, B'Matan Tari B'Mishkan. Shir Shim is the story of the great love between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. It's a marshal of that, what happened by Matan Tari and the Mishkan. Ve'enu Kishar Sfarim Shalhan Nevi'im Shabal Tari Chachtan Shal Yisrael. Unlike the other books of Navi that are filled with the rebuke of the Nevi'im. Because of our sins, the came shekain eichu aimer loy nitnu elachamishi chumshetar v'sefi Yeshua. So, what does the Gemara mean that we would have only needed the five books of Torah and sefi Yeshua? For egam sefi shir shirim hay nitnu Yisrael, we would have also gotten shir shirim after bishloichot because it's not a book about sinning; it's not a response or a reaction to sin. So, fi shir shirim who kodesh kadoshim is the holy of holies. Hay emish loichotu. So he says that if he wouldn't have sinned with the eagle, we wouldn't have had to have a mishkan. Okay, that's that's debatable, but that's what he says. Because it's coming to be mechapan the ma'aseh eagle of amikomakom shir shirim yesh b'kabosatara. But shir shirim is a book of kabosatara, and devekas is all about devekas. Begam sefer tilim yesh b'kamatilus dishbachos. So he royally knows only Yisrael after bishleichatu. Tilim shir shirim just examples of of beautiful, beautiful. Terror. That's not a, that, that. That's not a response to hate. It's not coming to to uh, to correct sin. It's 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 this. That it's it's the it's the poetry of our devekas with Hashem. Back inside Reb Tzadik. Vahi loloi magam kain sefer mishlei. Reb Tzadik says also you can include sefer mishlei. Vyoyse yesh lahakshos misefer shumu malachim. And what about sefer shumu malachim? Shusipur mashakar etzlam malachim anavim. 
Going back to what we learned from the Rebbeinel, Sefer Sefer Shmuel Malachim contain the stories of what happened to our kings and to the and, and to the Nevi'im, from which we learn many many good things. And even if we hadn't sinned with the eagle, and if we didn't return to becoming sinful people, and therefore the stories would have turned out maybe to be somewhat different. Why wouldn't we have? Why wouldn't there be a need to have these stories uh, to teach us the lessons of the of our prophets and our kings? Not just uh, again, not just as a, it's not just a response to sin. It's very inspiring to, to to read about the tzaddikim. So if tzaddik says we already learned in the zarin ba'loischa, ki ein sipur atarik yishar sipur ma'isi is ayin shem ba'erech. You look inside footnote two. The zara translated from the Targum of the Sulam, Even a king of flesh and blood, he doesn't talk like a regular plain person. nothing to do except to write over uh, stuff that was said by Asaph and Lovin and that a donkey is talking about. That's what the Baruch must do. From, even from Mishayim and from an animal. This is what Hashem's Baruch is. Uh, this is what the Torah is, a collection of stories and of anecdotes and of quotations from, from people who are not tzaddikim, even Mishayim. And to make that into a Torah. So the Torah says, Of course the Torah is exalted. And, and is Teresamus, Teresashem to me, it's perfect and whole. Bechol Milo Mila, Bola Haris, the Varmelion. And every word of Torah is revealing in a deep and mysterious way through the, through Paradise, Pshat, Remez, Jewish, and Sod, is revealing the deepest, deepest secrets of the universe and of the soul. Kidovra Husha Besipur, and a Bola Haris, Alatum Bavat, because when we, when we read a story in, in the Torah, in Tanakh, it's not just Stam, uh, to tell us a Maisa, Ela Haris, the Klal Ba. And the Zohar goes in a different place. The guf has a body. The Torah rather, Torah rather has a body, a guf, which is the mitzvah of the Torah and the stories. That's called gufe Torah. And it's mislabish. The guf is mislabish in, in garments. That are the stories of, of this world, all of the stories of, uh, that we read in Tanakh. But the Zohar says, the fools of the world. Now we mentioned many times the Chassam Sefer says that tipesh, fool, is the same letters as the word pshat. That means those people, as Zohar says, are they only look at the pshat. They only look at the, at the goof and at the clothing, the stories. They don't, they don't know, they don't believe that every single story and every word that even comes out of a donkey's mouth contains one of the deepest, deepest, deepest mysteries of creation. They don't look underneath the garments. Avdei Hamelech Elyon. Who the Chachamim? The Chacham of the Avdei Hamelech Elyon. Oisam Shom Dubar Hasinai. Ainu Mestaklim Elabin Hashomish Abetera. The Chachamim. They don't. They don't stop with the stories, with the Pshat. They're not Tipshim. They they gaze and upon and they study deeply the Nesham of the Torah, the soul of the Torah. Shu Ikah Kol Torah Mamish. 
Lost a lover in the future, Mashiach comes. Hashem is talking about neshama, shal neshama shabatayim. That we're waiting for. Mashiach is going to show us the neshama of the neshama, the Torah, the deepest, deepest neshama of Torah. Going back to Absodic on top, so he says, "Ain't see protok yeshasi b'mayisis ayin shemparuch." Raka call him Torah l'lamid l'adam das mizeh. Every single story, every single word is to teach us the deepest, deepest das. So if that's the case, then Al Haskam of a Kamer Absodic is saying. What does that mean that we only needed Sefi Yeshua? Chamisha Chamishtar and Sefi Yeshua, if not for the sin of the Egil. Kilo, all there is in Tanakh is just Musa because we're sinners and screaming at us to, to behave. Even, even in the stories of Tanakh, even in those, even in those Sukkim of the Musa, there are deep, deep, deep mysteries and secrets. And what is the meaning of the Gemara? That Mibnei Erkesh Yisrael. What is that? What is that Davke because of Eretz Yisrael? That's why that's why Sefi Yeshua would have, itself would have, would have been enough. What does that mean? The answer to these questions, the answers to these questions will lead us into that pickling that took place. How somehow Yeshua was able to bring Moshe Rabbeinu alive. And Moshe Shapik Karmas, that every Tamachachim and every Jew who still loves Torah and remembers Torah and wants to understand Torah is also called a student of Moshe Rabbeinu. And to this day, Moshe is our Rabbi. Moshe didn't die. Moshe is our Rabbi, and we're still able to learn Torah, we're still able to hear Torah, and to receive Torah, albeit in, in a remarkable and different way. Not not Moshe coming down from a mountain and telling us, these are the words. Zadava. No, it's different. But, that it, but, but, but it works. And that's really what Savior Yeshua is about. And, and that, and that mitzias of um, sorrily Yeshua, and what Yeshua had to accomplish in Am Yisrael, and why Hashem brought this all about, that could only be understood in the context of Eretz Yisrael, and the Kibosh of Eretz Yisrael, and what the meaning is of Taurus Eretz Yisrael, which we've been learning a lot about in Rav Kook. Okay, Mitzvah Hashem, we're going to continue, the Reb Tzaddik is going to bring us deep, deep, deep into the pickle jar, together with Yeshua.